Good morning, and welcome to Over Ears Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Friday, April 23rd, 2021. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 52, paragraph 4, the last paragraph that starts with the Wright Brothers. Today's readers are Anne-Marie M., Kim T., Tenzin P., Margaret D., Susan H., Jason K. is our newcomer greeter, and Mo H. is the host on the second hour. The reference, the reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, April 22nd, 2021, are for the seventh hour, for the seventh hour, for the for 7 a.m. meeting, 16815, and for the 10 a.m. meeting, 16816. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery to the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now I will ask Anne-Marie to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Nessa. This is Anne-Marie M. Um, 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and for the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie. And now I will ask Kim T. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Kim. Morning, Nessa. This is Kim T. from Colorado. 
Recovered a Compulsive Overeater, 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Have a great day. Thank you, Kim. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, please press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 52 uh, paragraph four that starts with the Wright brothers. And now I will ask Tenzin P to begin reading. Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenzin P checking in from uh, New York. So glad to be here. Um, the paragraph. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon, oh no, whoops, sorry, that was like yesterday. The Wright brothers' almost childish faith that they could build a machine which would fly was the mainspring of their accomplishment. Without that, nothing could have happened. We agnostic and, our agnostics and atheists were sticking to the idea that self-sufficiency would solve our problems. When others showed us that God's sufficiency worked with them, 
we began to feel like those who had insisted the Wright brothers would never fly. Yes, so grateful to be here and to read this paragraph today. First, I'll begin by saying it's timely that we're reading the paragraphs that are talking about the Wright brothers because um, the landing that just happened of a helicopter on Mars, um, uh, the field where that helicopter named uh, landed has been named Wright Brothers Field. So just the way that um, we are descendants of uh, you know, the writers of the big book and, and all those who have come before us, um, the, the people who landed on uh, the, uh, well, the people who arranged, uh, the, you know, the helicopter that could land on Mars and, uh, and all the people that have been involved uh, since the Wright brothers uh, are descendants of them. So um, their almost childish faith in the first sentence. So, you know, there there was a hope and a vision. And um, I also noticed that we call our uh, beautiful meeting a vision for you. Um, so there is there is hope and a faith and and a vision um, that that we work with. And um, we work. We don't do just one of the things that's recommended. I don't do just one of the things that's recommended, but it's a whole package. Um, just the way that first plane would never have flown and the helicopter that landed on Mars wouldn't have been successful without a whole package that includes uh, doing the step work, um, uh, complete abstinence, entire abstinence, and um, uh, connection with the fellowship with a sponsor doing service all of that is part of a package that results in the kind of uh, abstinence um, that i'm so grateful to experience today and um, when in the third uh, sentence it says we agnostics and atheists again reminding us that uh, uh, i'm not separate from you know that agnostic and atheist uh, turn of mind that uh, the first 100 experienced and worked through. And, you know, I'll still say, I don't exactly know what it, what is this power greater than myself, but I have many practices. I've done lots of searching. I open my mind. I listen. And, um, and so I've moved from the self-sufficiency to God's sufficiency and uh, one day at a time action and uh, not doing it, Fine. doing it not my own way is part of that practice. So I'm very grateful to be here today, wishing everyone a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you, Tens and P, uh, for getting us started. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others may share their experience too. And now I'm ready to take some names. Who would like to share? Janet B. Anita J. Nancy J. Fran B. Janet B. I got, I got you, Janet. Thanks. Sorry, C. What's the passage, please? 
We are on page 52, the fourth paragraph that starts with the Wright brothers. Let me tell you who I have. I have Janet B, Anita J, Nancy J, Fran B, Suri C. I can take one or two more names. Okay, so let's go Lauren with the group then. Oh, I got you, Lauren. All right, so let's go with this group. Janet B, Anita J, Nancy J, Fran B, Suri C, Lauren Do N. Do you have me, Marilyn? Who? Who is that? Okay. Um, all right, so Janet B, please get us Marilyn. started. Followed by Marilyn, I got you, fine. Um, Thank you. So, Janet B., please get us started, followed by Anita J. Hi, good morning. This is Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. I love this paragraph. It's so um, interesting. It says, the Wright brothers' childish faith was the mainspring of their accomplishment. I mean, I would have thought that their, like, mathematical ability was the mainspring. But they're saying without their faith, nothing would have happened. And that just doesn't seem to make sense. Um, wasn't their math ability more important? And they're saying, no, it's their faith. And I think about if an alien from another country was to come to America and watch how I buy my groceries by putting, either giving them this green and white piece of paper or sticking in a plastic credit card, they would say that makes no sense. But money is the currency in the physical world to get things done. But in the spiritual world, it's faith. I can't hand God a credit card or a $20 bill in order to have God act in my life. I have to hand him faith, which is generally activated by prayer and trust. By going to God and saying, God, I believe that you can help me, that you can remove my obsession, that you can restore me to sanity. That actually is what, it's the catalyst that allows God to work in my life. I picture it that as soon as I say, okay, God, I am willing to believe that you can do this thing that I can't. It's like he says, yes, and then sends his little team of mini angels to do a renovation job on my heart to make my heart more like his. For me, my faith started with a maybe. It just started with, God, I always believed in you, but I always thought you were there for children starving in Ethiopia and poverty and war and what do you care about me and my food but I'm willing to admit everything I thought about you is wrong and start over and let you show me what you're like and how to worship you and as soon as I did that it was like a hand reached into my soul and yanked out the obsession so yes I agree with this a hundred percent that faith is absolutely required and is the mainspring of our recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janet B. Um, Anita J, you're next, followed by Nancy J. Good morning, Thank Anita. You, Good morning. Good morning. This is Anita J, recovered gratefully in Massachusetts. Um, the Wright brothers' almost childish faith. I'm telling you, isn't that the way it's supposed to be? A simple faith. Now, that sounds so easy, 
But to let go, I've always wanted to know the outcome. I'm only observing this. It's the way I see held me back my whole life. I didn't want to go forward unless I knew it was going to work out. Things never seemed to work out, not just with the food. The food came in 2014. Finally, when I let go of, you know, that whole thing about the branch, let go of the branch, um, it sounds so simple. Everything else got let go, but just that little bit. That's how I learned to swim, you know, in Lake Michigan. They used to have swimming lessons, but I had to keep one toe in the water and, um, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't totally do it. And I had a very kind instructor who said I was so good when I stay behind another year and help teach. And the only reason he said that was he was trying to save me. Just, he sounds like God with, with a gentle, gentle, just like God. I didn't quite, I was afraid. I was afraid, just like with God, afraid to turn it all over. Nothing bad has happened. Life has happened, of course, but other than that, you know, there's been nothing bad. Uh, I have not had this kind of um, peace in my whole life. And it's just that I just had to let go of that final branch. And you know that movie about, I mean, the, the musical, I Can Fly, I Can Fly, Soar with the Angels. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful feeling, and I I don't want to soar at the edges. I just want to trudge with the rest of you. That's the best feeling I've ever had. You know that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. Uh, Nancy J. Uh, your turn, followed by Fran B. Thank you. Uh, you know, when I look at this paragraph uh, about the Wright brothers, I think it's amazing that they could believe that a machine could fly. That that really is amazing because they never saw a machine flying. It's just something they believed. <clears throat> but with us, we we have it easier than the Wright brothers. Now, I came into this program an atheist, and I'm not really sure what I am right now, but I don't even worry about it. But I know this, that I see miracles. I see so many miracles of recovery in this program. I hear them on podcasts. I hear them speaking. Uh, I meet these people. I see the transformation. I see the way their life has changed due to following the 12 steps and relying upon a higher power. It's God as you understand him, relying on that power. Their life has transformed their Obsession with compulsive overeating is gone, and they're neutral around food. These are miracles. These are actual miracles. And so we didn't have to believe like the Wright brothers did this could happen. We look around our fellowship, and we see it is happening to many people, people who seemed hopeless, absolutely hopeless. And by applying this program, it solves their problems. So, of course, we can, even atheists can believe in a power that can solve their problems. That's, that's why this program works for everybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
Thank you. Um, Nancy J, Fan B, you're up next, and you're followed by Suri C. Good morning, everybody. Fran V, Recovered Compulsive Overeater by the Grace of God in New Jersey. When I came into these rooms in the late 80s, I was asked to purchase a book called Alcoholics Anonymous. And because I like to read, I picked that book up and I couldn't put it down right, right to the end of the stories. When I came to the chapter of We Agnostics, um, I read through it, but I felt I didn't need that chapter because I thought I had a lot of faith. And I had a relationship with God. In fact, when I was 10 years old in Catholic grammar school, the nun said to us, you pray for anything you want. And if God wants you to have it, he'll give it to you. And if you don't get it, you're not supposed to have it. So being 10 years old, I prayed for a parakeet. I kid you not, the very next day, a parakeet landed in front of me on the sidewalk. And I walked up to it, and I picked it up, and I put it in a cage that I had. So coincidence, childlike faith, I don't know. All I know is that when it came to compulsive overeating, God was not in my life. God was not in my life. I have a new recovery, thank you, God, and I'm entirely abstinent, and I'm recovered because I have a new relationship with my higher power, one that is more powerful than this food, which is very, very powerful, one that's working in all areas of my life, nothing short of a miracle. So with God's grace, I will continue. My work, yes, I do work, but my other recoveries were based on my work, not on God's power, and they were always temporary. So I thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Sandy. Um, Suri C, you're up next, followed by Lauren N. Hi, this is Suri C, compulsive overeater, um, not recovered from Connecticut. Um, I have been praying for the willingness, willingness um, willingness to accept my powerlessness, willingness to trust, grateful for the shares today because <laughs> I realized I'm like not willing to, I, I will not put myself first um, because I perceive childishness as inappropriate at my age. It's childish to say, thank God to say that I'm relying on God's power. It's childish to believe that my problems are significant enough. I mean, who am I? It's so funny because I struggle with something and the word that I keep saying over again that somebody just caught me on yesterday was, okay, stop asking for clarity. You keep asking for things to be clear before you do it. And, 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 and demanding clarity. Um, and to somebody else who told me their word that they keep using is appropriate. You need to do things appropriately. Well, I work with preschoolers. And why are, am I not affording myself the same childish faith? Because that's what it is. I need to understand that I am in his hands. I am every day his child. I am every day flawed, 
unclear, inappropriate, and perfect, just the way I am, said Fred Rogers. So, and I have to stop being looking for the perfect because it's not in this big book and it's not what's expected. And I pray and I pray for help. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because somebody, you know, that first day when I gave my name in a while back and I first said, okay, I'm a new person. I got a whole bunch of messages. So how many outreach calls did you get? I got like one, <laughs> maybe, maybe five. Actually, it's not true. And, and you know what? They did come after, but like, I probably got more than I, because I, I'm, I'm not right-sized and I, I need this program and I need to keep doing what I'm doing a little bit better every day. Um, and thank you for this fellowship. And I pass. Thank you, Suri C. Um, Lauren N., um, you're up next, followed by Marilyn. This is Lauren N. from New York. Compulsive Overeater Sugar Addict. Recovered, thank God. <clears throat> the Wright Brothers' faith. You know, when I came into this room, or these rooms, I had no faith. I did not think I was recoverable. I didn't think I'd be able to get here. But I heard on this line, and I heard in, in several meetings, the recovery that I wanted. And all I kept thinking about is maybe if I do what they do, I'll get what they got. So I had faith in the voices that I heard on a vision. I had faith in the big book study meeting I went to. And I heard all the recovery that I wanted. And I realized that maybe, just maybe, if I did everything they told me to, I would get the recovery that everyone else on this meeting seems to have. It's incredible to me that now, five years later, actually six years later, after listening to this line, Every day for six years, well, every weekday for six years, I can now call, well, I can call myself recovered. Wow. And you know what the best thing is? I now believe that I have a higher power, that my higher power wants me to recover and wants me to live in this, this incredible life where all of my, all of the promises mentioned on, in chapter, you know, after the nine step promises, all of them have come true. It's amazing to me that I came in hopeless and helpless and out of ideas. And now I realize I have no idea but I get to do this one day at a time and stay in this recovery. Thank you all for being here and for carrying me for all those months and years that I didn't believe. And for teaching me that there's another way. 
and I pass. Thank you, Lauren. And Marilyn, you're next, and then we'll take some more names. And Marilyn, if you can give me the initial of your last name, that would be great. R. Thank you. R. <clears throat> I am very happy to be here. A woman from uh, Michigan called me the other day, and she reminded me about this meeting. And there are no coincidences because I have really needed it. I feel very inadequate today talking because all of you have talked so beautifully. Um, but I do know that there are no coincidences in this program. And um, I've been listening to this program, uh, this, this, this meeting, uh, every day. And I'm going away to my sister who has no... Um, who has uh, dementia, and I am going to take this book with me and this telephone number with me, and uh, and I will continue to come. And I'm so grateful for uh, not only um, the Wright brothers for having the vision of tomorrow, but also uh, for this meeting uh, that when the pandemic came and everybody was in up in arms not knowing what to do and there were these certain people who stepped up and and had a vision of how we could communicate without seeing each other and i am very very grateful for that thank you Uh, thank you, Marilyn. So before I take some more names, let me remind um, that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others may share their experience too. And we are on page 52, paragraph 4, that begins with the Wright brothers. Who would like to share? Anita L. Michelle C. Anita Michelle. Hi, Susan C. Naomi B. Okay, got you. Lisa B. T. Devorah S. Who, who, who was that before Devorah? Somebody uh, T. Him. There was somebody uh, last last initial T before Devorah N. Who was that? Okay, I'll tell you who I have. I have Anita L, Michelle C, Susan C, Naomi B, Somebody T, Devorah S, and Anne M. Okay, let's go with that group and see how it works. Um, Anita L, you're up next, followed by Michelle C. Good morning, Anita. Press star one to unmute because we're not hearing you. Okay, there I am. Sorry, I thought I was unmuted. Okay, good. 
Okay, thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Um, I originally had no intention of sharing, and uh, one of the people who shared earlier just brought something to mind. So I just thought I'd share this story with you. Um, in December of 2012, um, I was living in recovery, and I was the leader of my OA meeting. And halfway through the meeting, a woman came in late and sat down next to me. And you know, um, in the doctor's opinion, where the doctor, or Dr. Silkworth, I think it is, I'm not sure if it was that doctor or not, but saw somebody a year later, and he couldn't quite think who that person was, but he knew he knew him somehow. That's what the experience I had that day. And this woman sat down. I knew I knew her. She was a very thin woman, so I knew that she had released from her higher power, had released more weight from her body, and um, I couldn't wait for the We Care book to go around to see who it was, and then I saw. And I asked that woman if she would sponsor me because I wanted a just a little twist, different twist on things. That woman never went to that meeting before. She never went back another time. And when I asked her if she would be my sponsor, she said, I would, but, you know, I require a lot of things from my sponsees. And one of them is to listen to the Vision for You meeting every day. And I said, what's Vision for You? And so she told me. And from that day on, I had a childish faith because I wanted something different. I wanted a, a deeper level of recovery. And that woman was such a gift of God because that was the beginning of such a, uh, like the next step in going within and being able to make a connection to a higher, my higher power. And that was over eight and a half years ago. And um, today, this actually yesterday was one year ago, I asked a different sponsor to work with me from Vision. And because of her, I knew there was always something missing with my I... relationship. Okay. With, uh, I'm sorry, thank you. With God. And for one year now, that deeper level, that gift of a higher power has come to me. And that's what it's all about, connecting with a power greater than myself, which has and will continue to restore me to sanity. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. Michelle C., followed by Susan C. Good morning, Michelle. Please press star one. Can I be heard? Yep, loud and clear. Okay, this is Michelle C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Missouri. And when I think of a childlike faith, um, I think of my daughter. I have a one-year-old daughter, 
and she we have this sectional couch and she kind of does this thing where she goes to the corner of the couch and I'm with her and she kind of dives out and knows that I'm going to catch her and flip her over and do this somersault and she giggles and laughs and I delight in watching her and you know when she does that I can't help but think of the childlike faith that she has she just has no thought of what's the outcome going to be is my mom really going to catch me is she going to flip me over right is this going to hurt in any kind of way she just does it. And um, so I thought of that, like my relationship with God and trusting that, you know, when I have a childlike faith and I'm diving out, that God's going to catch me and flip me over and take care of me and be there with me. And um, when I'm not consumed with the outcome, um, miracles can happen. And I have seen that in my life. Um, When it came to you know, going to a meeting and asking someone to be my sponsor and doing everything they asked, I just had complete faith. And, um, you know, my recovery is a miracle. And when I think back to the ninth step, the amends that I had to make and the fear that was behind those and how I just had to rely on God, give it up to him and just, you know, dive and do that somersault and trust that God's going to have me. And, And he did the whole way. And, you know, anytime I'm afraid to speak up in a meeting or to call someone for outreach or um, an incident where I have to go back and say, you know, here's the truth. This was my part. I need to make an amends. All of those are times where I just have to dive and trust that God has me. And I know that when I'm living in that, that um, my life is going to be continue to be a miracle. And um, I'm grateful to be recovered today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, uh, Michelle. Um, Susan C. followed by Naomi B. Hi, this is Susan C. And I just love um, this paragraph that we read. It's so interesting to break it down like that because I read so fast. And um, grateful for everybody here for this meeting. And um, for me, it's um, faith versus fear. So when I was a little girl, I think I was like maybe in fourth or fifth grade, I had this teacher who it was like, I don't know, she just took me under her wings. And um, she said to me, Oh, and I, she would have me stay in at recess and make coffee for her. <laughs> I don't know. It was the funniest thing. Anyway, and she had high heels and long earrings, and this was a while ago. She was very different, and I love that artistic, you know, quality. And she asked me to sing in a show that they were putting on in the auditorium, and there was hundreds of people. She asked me to sing a song. Now, I I never sang before in my entire life, and I didn't even think about it. I just said yes, and I went in front of the whole audience. I mean, that was like, and I look at it as because, like, somebody, I don't know, cared about me, had faith in me, had confidence in me, had loved me, you know, there was something about that. And, um, you know, I also have had experiences where, you know, I woke up three o'clock in the morning and I couldn't get 
go to sleep, which is unusual. But I I prayed. And before I knew it, like within 10 minutes, I felt so much better when I went back to sleep. So these are things that I'm seeing for myself. But what from the meeting is that there's people that are there that have been through it. They've had ups and downs or in the middle. And I trust that. You know, I trust that I have that faith in that. And um, that gives me courage. And then also remembering that, you know, it's not just the faith, but it's like taking, so now it's like, let's take actions. Let's take actions. And sometimes I just want to have the results or think the results are not going to come out or they're not going to come out how I want it. And then I don't take the action. So here it's like, that is a leap of faith. And um, I would love to be able to see people. Time. Thank you. And uh, as well as hear them. So thanks everybody for being there. Thank you, uh, Susan. Next stop, Naomi B, followed by somebody T, I trust. Um, you know who you are. So, Naomi, go ahead, please. Hi, Nessa. Good morning, my friend. Thank you for your service. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. You know, the thing that absolutely resonates with me is almost childish faith. Well, I can really relate to that because I, too, am a teacher, and I teach four- and five-year-olds. And recently, I had cataract surgery, so I was out of work for a couple days, and I did tell the children the doctor was going to do something to my eye. And this one little precious girl came up to me the next day I came into work, and she said to me, Miss Naomi, she said, if we turn the light out, can we see what the doctor did to your eye? And I just laughed. I said, no, honey, it's on the inside. You can't see it. But this is how we have to approach God, as a little child. And 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 just knowing that he's there, he's our, well, in my case, he's my, my godly father. And he wants to take care of me because he loves me. And this also resonates with me. Oh, my gosh. Self-sufficiency would solve my problems, our problems. No, never has, never will. It truly is God's sufficiency. Nothing that I can do on my own because I know the mess I can create in my own life, and I have. It's God's sufficiency. And I had heard, and it's so true, God led me to OA, but OA really led me back to God. I always believed in God. I always trusted him. But not when it came to the food. That was my, that was, I was a God, lowercase g. And boy, what a mess I made. And it's working the steps. It's, it's being in the fellowship. It's having a sponsor, being a sponsor. And just having that childlike innocence that I go to God, that I know he's going to take care of me. Thank you for allowing me to share. And I pass. Thank you, Naomi. And now uh, somebody with the last name that starts with T, put in her name, but I couldn't catch the first name. Um, Hi, it's Lisa. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Uh, Lisa, Lisa BT. Hi. Oh, um, thank you. Beautiful. Go ahead. BT. Thanks. Um, I'm kind of laughing to myself because um, I really wanted to share, and I was having a really hard time 
um, muting, unmuting, et cetera. Um, and um, I'm very grateful <laughs> for that at least T was caught and, and I can I can speak um, because um, I saw a, a, a funny little animated short film many years ago called <clears throat> The Wrong Brothers. And it was a um, it was a little joke about the Wright brothers trying so many different ways to fly. Um, and, and they, you know, would try a little helicopter thing and it wouldn't work and it was kind of Bugs Bunny-ish. But what was interesting about it was they did fly in the end, um, despite the fact that they had to try um, many times, like that the, their vision, their faith um, kept, kept them going. And I think that's the piece for me today. And that's why I find it so funny that I tried so hard to... Um, to uh, say my name, um, and I've never had trouble before, and yet this morning, um, uh, you know, it just kept on um, having glitches, and I feel like, you know, that saying, is it odd or is it God? Like, I, I honestly feel like that, to me, the, the thing about God is that um, I, I may not get it may not look like I think it's going to look it may not happen when I want it to happen um, but the answer is never no the, the answer may be not now um, and I used to think that the answer was no or I used to think that um, you know uh, why would God be interested in me um, but but now I, I, I see so much better that to just keep coming back to just have that 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 faith that it's all going to be okay and not be necessarily the way I think or want it to be is what I think God's trying to tell me and I feel like I got a little message of that even this morning um, and I'm sorry I didn't um, share my name's Lisa BT I'm um, from Guelph Ontario near Toronto and with that I'll pass thanks Um, thank you, Lisa. Um, Devora S., you are next, followed by Anne M. Hey, good morning, everyone, and thank you, Nessa, and everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. Everybody sounds so great, and it's really exciting to be here. My, um, I'm Devora S. from Chicago, forgot where I'm from, from New Jersey, recovered, thank you, God. And um, everyone's talking about this childish faith, and you know, I see it every day. I'm a teacher as well. And many times the kids will say to me, uh, many times I'll tell a story about my childhood. I'll say this happened like many years ago, like a hundred years ago when I was a kid and the kids like, they believe me. You know, they'll say, really? You were born a hundred years ago? It's like, you know, why not? Why shouldn't they believe me? The teacher's saying it. And um, so I too believe so many things, you know, growing up. I went to religious school, I heard the stories and the biblical stories and, you know, all these amazing things that God did, but, and I believed it and it was true and I am grateful, but I couldn't apply it to my life. I couldn't bring it into me. I couldn't think that, well, God did it then, you know, all those years ago, well, can he do it for me too? Because I was still living on, you know, I, I stuck to the idea that I had to be, that I had to do it, self-sufficiency. Um, would solve my problem. 
And, you know, many years later, as a grown woman and an adult, as a mother with children coming into this program, you know, I had, I learned, I learned, I had to surrender. And I said on a daily basis that I do that, surrendering. And the first thing I had to, you know, was with the food, getting the food down and keeping it down. And, you know, and that was, that was the easy part. Um, but, but, you know, every day to grow and connect with God and to Fine. let God, just to let God. Um, and, you know, and that surrender. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah S. Uh, next stop is Anne N. Hi, Nessa. It's Anne N. here from Ireland, recovered from Buxbow-Breacher. Can I be heard? Absolutely. Oh, thank you, Nessa. And thank you so much for your service and what a powerful meeting and great shares. Uh, yeah, and I'm just going to go with every, you know, the part that really, I suppose, that jumps out for me as well is, you know, almost childish, childish faith. And uh, this just, you know, it's the hope that's in all of that. And it's, it's, you know, it really just makes me, you know, really ponder on that whole conception, our own conception of God. And uh, it doesn't matter how childish or how grown up or how different it is. It's our own conception. And it is that faith. It is that leap of faith. And, uh, you know, it's the principle of step of step three. And it is that part, I feel, you know, where we do take that leap of faith in step three and just turn our will and our lives over. And it is, it is for me, you know, it's always, the parachute always meets me when I leap out of the plane, but it's just that, you know, that small element of fear just before I do it. Um, yeah. And the next part where it says sticking to the old ideas and, and sticking to the old ideas, you know, it's that fear of, I suppose the old ideas being so closed minded and, uh, just not being able to open up and see, you know, the sticking to the old ideas for me kept me so stuck for so long. And and I, I grew up in a home where, you know, self-sufficiency would solve our problems. You know, I was taught to be self-sufficient and uh, and I was I was also taught I was brought up in a religious home, but I was also taught that money and uh, money and power really and intelligence were the be all and end all. And obviously that proved to be wrong. And the next part where it says God's efficiency worked, and that's today my that is today, you know, my 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 most important um, element of my program. And it is, you know, God is everything or He is nothing, and that's that's the choice, and that's where we, you know, that's the change and the turnaround for me. And you know, I want the proof, and the proof is in the proof is in the rooms, and the proof is in my own recovery. Because uh, I couldn't do this myself. I tried many, many times. And, you know, every time I come up against a challenge, uh, and I've had many, and I'm going through a few challenges at the moment, um, and I always wonder why I didn't just 100% truly believe that I would be looked after. But I suppose it's been human as well. And it's just, you know, that leap of faith, always, always, I've never, ever been let down by God. I don't always get what I want, but I always get what I need. Um, and that is just, you know, the beauty and the gift. And to be recovered today, just for today, is, is a miracle in itself. It's God showing up in my life. So with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Nessa. And thanks for your service. Thank you, Anne. And we have time for two two-minute shares. Who would like to take them? Toby W. Matthew B. Toby. Roxanne B. 
so one second. So uh, I have Toby W and Matt Matthew or Matt. Um, so let's go with those. And uh, if you can stay for the second hour, you can share um, later as well. Um, so Toby W, please go ahead. Maybe I heard the name wrong, but the last name starts with W. It's your turn. Hi, um, I was unmuted, I'm sorry. My name is Toby W. I'm from Boston, and I am gratefully recovered um, a day at a time from the obsession of food addiction. Um, Faith, <clears throat> you know, I've been in and out of relapse, and I always identified myself as a relapser. And while I identified myself as a relapser, guess what happened? I kept relapsing. And then I said, wait a minute, I've got to change how I speak of myself to myself and about myself. And I started talking about myself as a recovered person, even when I wasn't recovered yet. And a day at a time, now it's been quite a while, that I am recovered, and it's how I speak to myself, having that faith that, yes, I can have recovery. I can have what I hear people at this meeting talk about. And I can have it because I believe it. And, and because I believe it, I have that faith that God is going to be there and help me to get there and help me to be there. I am there today. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Um, thank you, Toby W. And now Matt or Matthew. I'm sorry I didn't catch your name completely. So uh, please go ahead. Hi, everyone. It's Matthew B. from New York, Grateful Composable Over Eater. And um, I'm so happy that the uh, helicopter on Mars landed on the Wright Brother field. I just think it's amazing how the childlike faith of the Wright Brothers didn't let them be stuck in the belief that they couldn't fly. You know, they had a childlike faith and they choose their own conception of what flight was going to look like. And, and it was only a matter of their being willing to believe that somehow there was a way they could harness the power of their God to fly. And they finally figured out how to bend that wing in a particular way to cause lift. And because that wing was bent in a particular way, that plane flew. It lifted off the ground and it flew. And I've learned in this program how to bend my life in a particular way to cause lift. And I've been lifted out of the uh, obsession of the food and the illness of my mind to be able to listen to, like a child, how you guys have taught me how to accept the conception of a higher power greater than me that same higher power that let me fly my first styrofoam airplane and spin the plastic prop on my first balsa airplane and watch both of them fly. I didn't know how they worked. I just trusted that if I did this, it would fly. And I'm so happy that I trusted my sponsors to follow these steps so that today I too can be lifted and fly. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Matthew. And that uh, we've come to the end of uh, our sharing. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today 
Friday, April 23rd, 2021 is 1-6-8-2-3. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And uh, Margaret D., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, Margaret D. Please press star one to unmute. Am I being heard? No, so this is Katie G. You're being heard. I can do that. One moment. Oh, thank you, Katie. Sure. Give me one second. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny.